now it's time for our, our guest. live guest. David, how are you, sir? Yeah, no, all good. Um, we just opened our bar last week at the distillery, so um, great to have some people back on site again after a very long, what seems like a lifetime, actually, of not <laughs> having anyone there. So um, it's great just to have people back. So um, no, all good. Can't complain. Good. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, David Boy Crawford is the one of, one of, because his wife Fiona is uh, the Lord and the Lady of Gin, if you go by the thing. And they live down in the Radman estate, uh, County Down. And they've been making award winning gin now for how long, how long have you been at that now, David? Seven years. Seven years. But he's got a whiskey pretty much ready to come out. Yeah. It's, it's almost ready to come. Now, tell us a bit about how the gin came about, how you and Fiona got the gin up and running, and then we'll get on to the whiskey after that. Well, I'm going to excuse myself for anyone that's done our tour. So I'm going to sound like I'm giving our tour again. Um, but <laughs> the idea for the distillery last, or sorry, lay solely with my wife Fiona. Um, when her parents bought Redemption State, well, it must be well over 20 years ago. Um, Fiona had been reading a book, I think it was by, I think it's Townsend's book on the lost distilleries in Ireland. And she said to her dad at the time, wouldn't it be great to build a distillery here? We've got all this heritage. It would be great to bring something back that was sort of lost as part of our industrial heritage. And unfortunately, her dad said, look, let's, let's just be realistic here. There's more money to be made elsewhere. Let's go back, go back to work. <laughs> and, um, that idea sort of sat up until we got married back in the summer of 2011. And um, we actually come from very, very different backgrounds. Um, I'm an engineer. I worked in the defense industry, building missiles and lasers and all sorts of wonderful things. Um, Fiona worked in property as an estates manager. But we love food and drink. And I suppose that shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone that has really grown up in Northern Ireland over the last sort of 20 years. Because we've had such great food and drink scene. We do. And, um, you know, in an ideal world, we would have had a vineyard to pay. It's counting down. It's not Bordeaux. We don't get the glorious sunshine for the vine. And um, at the time, I would spend a lot of time away from home. And Fiona, Fiona and I always wanted to have our own business. So um, Fiona said, well, look, what about a gin distillery? We love gin. We'll make a distillery. And um, rather naively, I sort of said, okay, we'll have a look at it. And it just snowballed from there. We, like, we we pretty much travelled everywhere from Seattle in the Northwest Pacific to Seoul and Korea, learning about the gents industry. And really, when we were in the US, because what people don't realise, we talk about craft distilling in Europe and UK, Ireland. It's not until you go to the US that you see what craft is. And <laughs> it's that first time you walk into a bar and you see there's no Diageo, Perno, Bacardi, Brian Foreman products, and it's all local. Yeah. That's when you realise that craft is a success. And that, we particularly when we were in Seattle, um, because Seattle's sort of like the bread basket of the US, you know, they've got the vines, they've got the cereals, they've got so much of their food is actually produced in the state and comes from the state. Yeah. Um, we just fell in love with this idea of creating our own gin. And, and really from a Northern Irish perspective, there was no gin distilled in Northern Ireland until we produced short crops. So we just thought this was a great idea to actually create Northern Ireland's first gin and also to redefine what an Irish gin could or should be. Because up until then, the only gin produced yeah. on the island was a compounded gin produced down in Cork. You know, so we just felt yeah. that there's something 
really unique that we could do. So um, after two years of research, we placed the order for our still in our first still back in February of 2013. It arrived this summer. We spent the summer building the distillery, developing our recipe, and putting it all together. And um, very, very quickly, we got to March of 2014. And just before we launched, we are actually back in Seattle at the American Distilling Institute, um, their annual conference. Now, the American Distilling Institute, or ADI, is sort of like the craft body in the US. Right, okay. Um, and to put it in context, you know, back in 2012, there was 400 craft distilleries in the US. I think now there's over 2,100. But the ADI sort of represents or sort of pulls a lot of those guys together. And um, we were visiting distilleries that were much, much bigger than us, but also yeah. a lot smaller. And my yep. case, well, I mean, like literally a 20 liter soup cooker with a bit of plumber's <laughs> pipe. Things that we just wouldn't get away with over here. Yeah. It's the same as you can. <laughs> Um, it sort of it sort of hit us because we sort of realized too that we were going to build a business out of the distillery. Um, we were going to have to do things other than just doing um, gin. And um, we believe you should always do what you love. I love whiskey. I love malt whiskey in particular. So um, we thought, you know what? What do we need to be able to make whiskey? We've got the beautiful copper still to get us started. What do we need to be able to do? And the very simple answer was, we needed to be able to make beer because in essence, whiskey is nothing more than the still beer left the hops. So that, that first year as we launched Short Cross Gin, we were designing, building and installing our, our brewing plant. So pretty much um, come just over what, 14 months after we launched our gin, back in June then of 2015, we began brewing in and distilling our first um, single malt Irish whiskey. And um, that's, that's kind of where it started. Now, we'll, we set out to do our whiskey. One thing that we haven't really spoken about up until relatively recently was we didn't want, just want to produce malt whiskey. We pretty much wanted to produce double distilled, painted single malt whiskey and um, because I like smoky whiskey. Good man. And, um, so for a long time, we have actually kept that under, under, under our hats that we've actually that we were actually the first distillery, probably I think until at least 97, if not before that, to produce peanut malt in the north. So um, it's one of the things that, we, that, that we've kept in the wraps that we're really, really excited about and hopefully people are going to see a little bit of that over the next little bit. People are excited. Uh, people are saying that John Dunn sent notice your tasting pack for Belfast Whiskey Week. Six samples. Are the samples all whiskey? Well, John, I'm not going to give that away just yet, uh, but the majority <laughs> of it will be whiskey. Don't worry. <laughs> now, Keith, I, I've talked to David once before about this, and uh, he's very he's very adamant that it's double distilled to give it a nice body, nice thick viscousy. Um, I'm I'm seeing, and I'm, obviously I have no insider information on this because you've kept that very close to your chest. I'm seeing a very sort of Isla-esque, definitely something totally different from any other Irish whiskey. Uh, am I right? Yeah, I suppose for us, you know, um, when we when we decided to go down and produce some whiskey, there was no point in us trying to commit to that we were going to run a triple distillation regime and balance the fates and everything else that goes with that. Um, so for us, double distilling was a choice from what we could achieve from a practical point of view, mm -hmm. but also 
we recognize as well that one of the things that I like whiskey, I like whiskeys with body and weight, and you tend to get that more from a double distilled spirit than from a um, a triple distilled spirit. And it's not say not saying that you can't, you know. So if you take a look at Bushnell's Acacia Malt, while it's yeah. a triple distilled spirt at a higher higher ABV for those guys, it's a much bigger body. But for us, we're very much pragmatists, you know. We knew what we wanted to do, and if we were going to do peat, it just made no sense to actually distill the hell out of it a third time and remove the phenols. But actually, we want all those phenols and oils as part of the spirit. Yeah. That's that's pretty much why we went down the, the double distillers. Yeah, so you want to keep it, you want to keep it a sort of traditional, big, punchy stand up and let it, let it be counted, uh, peat at malt. Yeah. So when we when we produced peanut malt, we pretty much produced it at what we call full strength. So we've had a mash bill of about 55 ppm going into the still. So yeah. we're probably seeing between 25 and 30 ppm in the final spurt. So yeah, so oh, it's, um, that, I mean, that, it's proper smoking. It. It's proper smoking, proper smoking. Now mm-hmm. you have been you've been busy quietly doing your thing, but I mean this is when it's being launched. It's being launched this year. You've hinted at this before. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Our first release is going to come this year, definitely. So Belfast Whiskey Week this year with Paul Kane and the guys, this is going to be the, I suppose, the first real opening up of what we've been doing here. So um, for us, Pete is, Pete is part of what we do. It's not all of what we do, but it's a, it's a very special part. But yeah. we've been doing a lot of other things as well. So, um, you know, we we're producing double still possible as well. So, you know, we're going to be looking forward to sharing a little bit of that over the next next little bit with everyone. Brilliant. Now, you've said that you've been allowing visitors back on site again. I'm sure that must mm-hmm. be a huge relief for you to, to actually get back to showcasing what you're doing down there. Yeah, at the minute, we've just opened our bar. Um, we only opened last week. So really, we're just trying to get ourselves back on the on the map um, again. And I suppose if that long, you know, it's, it's been months since we had people on site, so um, we're just getting used to having people about again. You know, we can't go back straight away to what we were ordering. No. Um, so at the minute, it's just breaking in nice and gently. But hopefully sometime towards the end of the summer, we'll be able to open up properly for tours again as well. Now, we've been asked a good, very good question. Do you use peat from Ireland or Isla? It's both, and you're going to have to wait and see where we use both. <laughs> Okay, I think people don't might not just appreciate just how little peat actually is needed yeah. to flavor a huge amount of stuff. I know I, I heard someone talking about uh Isla and the peat industry, and Isla has enough peat that if they never if they just used the way at the levels it is, I, I mean, it could, it could, it could last a hundred thousand years or something, you know. So it's it's they use a fraction of it now. The, the difference between the styles of peat. What what's what are you noticing on the different styles of peat? So this week we've actually just ran our first batches of Irish peat, um, and it it it's different. It's um, it's sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first bit. So we've actually just done the brewing process. So it'll be next week when we actually just fill that. It'll be the end of next week. Um, but it's definitely a sweeter peat. Um, yeah. But you know I'm I'm. You know, I'm only scratching the surface of what the whole aspect of paint and the regionality of it. You know, yeah. We're lucky at the minute in that we're seeing two very distinct regions. One's from the east coast of Scotland and one's from um, 
down the east coast of Ireland. So they're very, very uh, geographically dispersed. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're, we're looking forward to seeing what actually is going to come across in the spirit next week. Brilliant. Now, the County Down is really establishing itself as the whiskey, I mean, the whiskey powerhouse in, in Ireland. I mean, it's just, they're, they're popping up all over the place in County Down. And I mean, Hinch is a competitor now, they're just up the road. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, the island is in a, a rebirth of the whole industry. And, and for us in, in County Down, I suppose it's the first county in Ireland where there's probably a, a real chance, chance of creating a tourism trail. Yep. And I actually think that that is so important for actually building the industry in a sustainable manner. You know, it, yep. it's not about it's not about how many thousands of LPA everyone's producing. You know, it's not about how pretty or not pretty the site is. It's it's all about trying to create that indigenous industry and, and sort of giving them a foothold to actually come back and contribute something positively to the local economy going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think you're a hundred percent right. The fact that the, the, there's a, there's a sense that everybody's in competition with each other, and on a level you are, but it's not like that. I mean, the industry's not really like that. Everybody, everybody appreciates that everybody sort of helps each other out by actually just being there. And the fact that County Down has all of these distilleries is beneficial to everybody. Okay, look, you know, the competition isn't isn't you know. Who they, you know and the opportunity isn't the opportunity is global and that's a global opportunity for everyone. And sometimes we're just too guilty yeah. and too parochial about these things. You know, I just think it's good for I think it's good for the whole of the island. I think it's particularly good for, for Northern Ireland because the one thing that we do locally really, really well is food and drink. It doesn't matter if it's whiskey, it doesn't matter if it's beer, cider. You just have to look at the restaurant thing that we had before COVID and yep. what we're going to have afterwards. It, we just do food and drink at a phenomenal level. So I just think it is, <laughs> it's something that we can really bring to the world and really sell. And I think that's what makes Northern Ireland really, really unique. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I think we, we've very much put down our local produce, be it, I mean, from, from down my direction, the, you know, the shorthorn beef mm-hmm. over in the castle to... To the breads that Anne's pantry down in Lauren has just I made mean, it's just the best sort of bread in the world. And you know, and we do put down that kind of, we sort of overlook just how good our produce actually is. Yeah, so we sometimes we're just too modest about it. You know, it, it's just maybe the quiet confidence thing that we have up here, but you know, there's um we don't shout enough about how good our food and drink is. And um, I think you'd started to see that change in pre COVID, and I think when we get back to normal, whatever normal's going to be. I think you'll really start to see Northern Ireland sort of shine a light again on, on how good our food and drink is. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. And I think there's there's so much potential for we we have so much potential for everything because we're just an amazing place. It really is. Um, for all our for all our faults, we are an amazing place. He's laughing, but I'm deadly serious. No, no, I'm, I'm laughing because we get really good questions from uh, the viewers and listeners. Keith McCann says, it's amazing that you guys have been sitting so patiently. How do you contain yourself with the weight? Because other people obviously have to bring out uh, bottles with other people's uh, product in it, really. But but you've been waiting all this time. How, how did you manage to do that? I think, you know, for us, you know, we wanted to learn our trade before we came out to, you know, for us, it would be easy to have went off and 
grabbed some liquid from elsewhere and done something with it and put it like, but what would we really have known about what we were doing? You know, yep. um, like I served an apprenticeship, so we're great believers in learning your trade. And uh, once you've learned your trade, there's a lot more things you can do, a um, lot more interesting things you can learn because you know what you're doing. And, um, you know, this is a, to us, we didn't want to damage our brand by just taking a chance on something. So for us, it's always about carefully curating what we actually have been doing. And, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been a lot more vocal than us, spoke a lot more about what they're doing. But we know what we've done. Yep. We believe in what we've done. And um, we're looking forward to really sharing that with people. And, you know, and, that's, and hopefully that's going to come across in what we've been working on. No, I mean, the, the short cross, Jen, just so everybody knows, I mean, all the, the botanicals come, come from the estate, or the vast majority of them. Yeah, like for all of our releases, we, and I, I hate using this word because we're talking about whiskey, but with our gin, we have real terroir because it really is about taking as many botanicals from around the estate as we can. Yep. Um, and that's, the estate itself is always, our home has been our inspiration. And that's really what we want to showcase. And, you know, looking further, you know, with our whiskey, we do have plans to grow our own barley as well on the estate and want to see that come through as well. So for us, Tuar is, is part of what we do quickly with our white spirits. And hopefully in time, that'll become part of what we do as well for whiskey. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't been down the estate, the, the distillery is absolutely stunning. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Um even the drive down is 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 very nice, uh, but the estate itself, it's a state of the art place. Um, it was used for Game of Thrones. I mean, the estate there, there was a Game of Thrones was shot in it. So anybody who's a Game of Thrones fan, you know, you might want to make your way down there and have a drink while you're down. Winter is coming. <laughs> Justin, Justin, we've only just passed the longest day, and you're talking about you know, <laughs> give, us a, give us a chance. Let's, let's get summer by first, you know. But no. Uh, now you've talked about you're you're doing pot still. You're doing double distilled pot still. Um, mm-hmm. Give us an insight into that. What what way is your pot still? What what way do you prefer your pot stills? Well, pot still kind of started out for us as a little bit of a, a vanity project for me because we designed as a malt whiskey distillery. Bright clear works, super long fermentations. Um, Single um, isothermal um, mash sun, single temperature mashing process. So we had to figure out a way of actually um, making possible work for us. And um, we're actually really, really lucky that um, through the Whiskey Association, we were able to get some guidance from Dave Quinn at Irish Distillers to develop our process um, around the plant. Now, that still meant that we had to be quite, um, display quite a bit of ingenuity to actually take away of actually being able to go through a step mashing process. But um, our pot still whiskey is, is really good. You know, we're, we're getting really good extract, we're really getting good flavors all the way through. And for us, the double distilled aspect is just things that those sort of really thick, oily, rich characteristics that we all love about pot still whiskey are even more accentuated in, in our distillate. So um, we're really, really pleased with what we have laid down. Um, we, my frustration is we don't have enough of it. <laughs> but then, as a as, as a small distillery, that's always going to be the case. You know, you're never going to have enough of it. But that's also part of the fun. That's what makes us unique. You know, we're not going to be Bush Mills or Middleton no. in my in my lifetime. 
But what we're focused on is not quantity, it's on quality and just trying to create what we love and hopefully bring it out to the world so other people can see that. So you're not going to need the, the 75,000 litre stills from Middleton that they're going to get rid of, no? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Listen, we've, we've had a couple of great questions in here. Uh, we've been asked by Peter Gilbraith, what's your favourite part of the process at the distillery? I think just, there's no one particular element, but I just think that whole process of taking the grains, um, bashing them in, brewing, fermentation, and actually seeing the impact on the final distillate, it's just, we just love all aspects of the process, you know, We've been, I suppose, with the patience of a saint in the sense that we've actually drawn very little cast samples um, over the last last wow. five, almost six years. But we've been happy just to let, let things take their time. And um, it's now when we now that we know that we've got the sheer spirit of the, the various um, distance strings, being able to go in now and actually see those and reference it back to the new make, because obviously we have a catalogue of all of the new make spirit that's within the cast. That's when it starts to get interesting to see actually how it has shifted and changed and turned um, over time. So for us, we just we just love what we do. There's no particular favorite part. We just we just love what we do and and, um, and we're passionate about that. And um, that's what we love doing. That's, that's our favorite element. It's just that whole creation of it. And Tony Sellett has asked, how many Coopers do you, do you have down there at Short Cross? I uh, was probably about 0.1 because between <laughs> myself and the guys, we'd be a little bit of Coopers work. Um, um, it's something we would love to, um, collectively as a team, we would love to do a lot more of. But thankfully, we've got, um, we buy from very, very good um, Cooperages. Um, so thankfully, barring the tightening of the old Cooper too, we don't have to do too much Cooper work. Yeah. I, I can see Fiona out with a hammer, you know, <laughs> around the states. And are the tours on again? I uh, would love to get a wee trip down to. We're uh, hoping Graham. to have our tours back on later in the summer. So if you just watch our social media, we'll be able to give everyone a little bit of an update on that in due time. Yeah, <laughs> and Mark Kerr, he lives not far from you. He might want to park the camper van there, so say no. <laughs> uh, he, say, he says, he says, if Carlsberg made jobs, they'd probably made your job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably right, actually. You know, I think we like, you know, we love what we do. You know, it's um, it's not always easy. It's not always to stand up in gin and tonics on the terrace or drinking whiskey late at night with your friends. But it is sometimes. Occasionally it is, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we love what we do because this is a fun industry. And um, having went through what we've all went through for the last 16, 17 months of COVID and seen the impact on our business, impact on our personal, we're just focused on, on just enjoying what we want to do because this is a fun business. We love what we do and we've got to get back to the, the most important thing, which is enjoying it. Yeah. It, uh the thing about it, I always see you. You do interviews, but but I don't. Fiona doesn't pop up too often to do to do the publicity stuff, the PR stuff. No, oh, well, I'm I'm the dedicated show pony, as I refer to myself. <laughs> <laughs> not just a one trick pony for these things, but uh, um, no, look, you know, I'm pretty much the I'm pretty much the face that everyone knows. But um, the real brains of the operations, you know, I'm I'm in no issues with that. Uh, this is her baby, this yeah. is her ideas, this is her passion. You know, um, 
you know, I'm just the one that everyone gets gets wheeled out for everyone to see. But it's very much a team. <laughs> it's very much a team game for us. You know, um, yeah. adding certain attributes and seeing it brings other attributes, and it's um, that's how it works for us. And it's and it's been working very well for the, certainly for the last few years with the gym. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's everywhere. It's all over the place. And I mean, that's that's a testament to how good it is, and also a testament to how good you are actually getting it to these places because that's a, a major challenge for everybody. The gym is. Um, we do gin because we love gin. We're not doing gin to pay for whiskey. It's a lot of the, um, it's a lot of some of the really awful journalism um, that's been out there for the last sort of five or six years. And said we do gin because we love it, and hopefully that is reflected in the quality of the products that we produce. I know, and, you know, in one sense, if we hadn't done what we did with Shortcross, there's a fair chance that there wouldn't have been the sort of the gin boom indoor land that we see now. So. Uh, you know, it's been great to help be part of the catalyst and actually making that happen. Yeah, I, I'm just showcasing that in this part of the world, we just produce fantastic spirits. It doesn't matter if it's gin, whiskey, or other products. We're just very good at distilling. Yeah, absolutely. Now tell me this: what, where does the where did the name Short Cross come from? Where did that come from? So the name Short Cross comes from our local village, Crossgar, which in Irish means the Short Cross. We're proud to have our village name. On each and every bottle of our product, a, 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 a form of terroir in and of itself, really. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for us, sorry, um, we we were never going to try and recreate a new brand because that's not us. And if you look at our distillery, it's not a new style distillery. No, it's a new brand. For, so we want to create a brand identity that reflects us. And hopefully the, the short cross brand is, is sort of um, really showcases that. So as you know, you can you can see from our, our still house, you know, we've not got any sort of old padugas or any sort of old features. It's clean, it's modern, you know, yep. we've used glass, industrial industrial design. So it's you know, hopefully we reflect that in, in our brand as well. Yeah, I mean I I your your the styling of the bottle's fairly plain, but you know, the nice distinctive badge on it, you know, it's it's not it's not particularly showy, but it's very distinctive. Mm-hmm. Like we think, like to think that we're um, that we're a little bit understated, and hopefully the, the quality of the liquid goes to talking as opposed to just lots of pretty pictures and stories. Yeah, I, 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 you have been very sort of understated. You've always sort of been there in the background doing your thing, and you know your social media. You keep it all up to date on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and but the. Once the whiskey comes, I see there being a massive difference happening down your way. I really do. Okay, um, you know, you, I suppose you you put it in perspective. It's the one thing that we're doing every day of every week. What yeah. we talk about for two percent of the time, and I suppose once we get that first release out of the way, you know, we're going to be able to tell a little bit more about what we've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now we've been asked more questions. Uh, well. There's a, a, one of your uh, uh, sort of uh, peers saying, understated but strong and confident brand. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah uh, thanks, and uh, Peter Gabrias is asking, any interesting cast uh, finishing? Well, sorry, Peter, we've been this quiet for so long, you're just going to have to wait for the answer. Oh, somebody <laughs> always gives an exclusive when they come on this show. You're giving nothing away. You're giving nothing away. He, he hasn't given nothing away for about six years, don't we do it now? 
You know, yeah, we have to bide our time. No, um, exactly, but no, I, I love the fact that you, you, you've set yourself up. This is what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to double distilled, we're wanting it, and you know, and you're doing what you like, you know, that. And it's, it's nice that you're doing that and not being sort of market led or market driven as such. Because whiskey's a, whiskey's a strange thing because you can't really necessarily be market led because you're always three years behind. <laughs> Well, look, I'll, I'll be honest, guys. When we first tried to source peanut malt, when I spoke to um, Alan Dempsey, who's now the GM of Royal Oak, when he was heading up Minch Malt, and I asked him for peanut malt, he laughed at me. He says, no one in Ireland won't want peanut malt. He says, you're not. <laughs> well, who's not now, given that uh, we've had an absolute shortage of peanut malt? Oh, uh, you know, listen, there's uh, a reason lots of peanut malt. There's a lot of... Put it like this, there's a reason a lot of people um, drink Lafroy. A lot of people drink Hard Bag. Lots and lots of people like it. Lots of people don't like it. You can't please everybody. But uh, the fact the fact that you, you set out your stall and, and followed your nose is uh, a testament to how, how well things appear to be coming out, you know? Yeah, well, look, I, I fell in love with Peter Mould at a tasting at um, Belfast International Airport. And it was actually a tasting of the original Connemara Turf Moor. And, um, oh, yes. Which, for those of us, anyone has any bottles, drink it, enjoy it, because, and enjoy it. But the current version is never as good. I will never lose it. <laughs> but um, just that intensity of the sweet, the smokiness, just blew my mind. And, um, you know, um, I love barbecue food and uh, great style food and stuff. So for me, it was just a perfect marriage. And that's, that's how we got into, that's how I got into peanut butter. And that's one of the things that we wanted to create here. Now, whenever you say I get into peanut milk, did, I, I, am I thinking Fiona took a little bit of convincing on this? Oh, no, she took no convincing. No, um, to be oh. fair, she'd be on the same page as me. Right. I may be trying to put words in your mouth. <laughs> <I'm trying> to... <laughs> <laughs> but, but just the just way you said it. But no, I, I remember, I remember. I think it was the, the first time I tasted the, the turf more many, many, many months ago. Um, I had stopped smoking about three years maybe before that, four years maybe, something like that anyway. And it was the first time I'd actually tasted something that, that was like, I remember whenever I enjoyed cigarettes, <laughs> it was that, it was that lovely, sweet, sweet, smoky taste. And it, it was, it was, it was, that was lovely. It was really, really good. Um, and once, once you sort of get a taste for peanut and, and smoky peanut, it, it's in a category in and of itself. Yeah. There's no going back. Once you get bit by that bug, you know, um, people have talked about people being addicted to sherry whiskey and everything else, but once you get into in the in the peanut malt or peanut whiskeys in general, it's, there's no going back. Nothing ever tastes the same. You're always looking for it. Well, it's like this. I I I tried the Lafroig sherry cask finish one, and I know there's certain people raved about it, but I just thought it was awful because it was trying to do, it was trying to wear two different hats. It was trying to be sweet and smoke, you know. Just to me, it didn't work. Um, I know, I know loads of people will uh, will probably dispute me on that, but for me, a sherry cast finish Lefroy really didn't work. No, I think if it was our bag, it'd be a different different kettle of fish, but I suppose it's just, there's sort of the two extremes. Our bag is that sweet smoke, Lefroy, yeah. that TCP, heavier um, oily elements. You know, I, I'd probably with you on that one, Marty. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like it at all, and I know I, I read other people's reviews on it, and they thought it was brilliant. Nah, it wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me. As you say, if it had been one of the other um, 
smokier ones it might have worked okay but it certainly didn't work for me now uh apart from apart from your pot still single malt are we and bourbon cast finishes bourbon yeah. cast bourbon yeah. cast finishes in, in, in there yeah in there and yeah. Just, Justin, we're trying to get something out of him here. I know. Peach flavor, peach flavor. <laughs> Definitely no peach, don't worry. All right. Uh, Rancid Palma Violet. Palma yeah. Violet flavor. I like Palma Violet. No, no uh, it's like the, 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 the Freud PX was like a Rancid Palma Violet. I, I, yeah, it no. was. It was just awful. I thought it was terrible. But other people seem to like it, but that's, that's up to them. Uh, now, I'm going to ask you about your branding. Is it? Mm-hmm. Or is the branding on the whiskey going to be similar? Is it, it's short cross whiskey, okay? Yeah, it's going to be short cross whiskey. We are working our way through that at the minute. Um, I can't give you an honest answer because we haven't finished that work. That's true because it was we literally um, um, we've had to had to do a respin in the whole process. So um, we're working our way working our way through that, but um, it's slowly starting from the gallery. So it's yeah, yeah. we're we're happy with where we're going. Now, I, I, you'll not move too far away from the short cross gin branding, surely to go. Oh, you'll have to wait and see. You see this, Justin? He's he's become <laughs> he's become it's become a, a whole thing for him. He can't go away. He can't go away. But uh, no, look, 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 you know we, you know we've waited this long, so we're gonna, you know, you know what's a few months when you've waited six years? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think for anybody in the know, what you're going to be bringing out bringing to the game bringing to Irish whiskey is, is going to be something that, uh, that anybody anybody in the know has really been anticipating really been eager to find out because there's been nothing leaked out you know you, you've mentioned double distilled and smoke that's pretty much all you've ever ever, ever released to anybody yeah. so you come oh, on right. these and you take you know so how long do we have to wait but we'll hopefully do our first release around September time. Um, you know, for us, we want to wait until we have something that we're pretty, we're happy to shoot. Yes, you know, you know, yeah. there's so much talk done in the drinks industry, and um, sometimes, and it, even locally, you know, sometimes we people are just not trying to. We tend to do too much talking, not enough doing. But we're just happy just to, doing a lot of doing, and we'll talk when it's time to talk. Yeah, I, I I've talked to you a few times, and you've always been as as good and helpful about loads of different stuff. He's not going to give out the way. Like there, we're getting a strength <laughs> whiskey to the market, but no, he's not going to give out the way. No, Justin, that's a good question because if something's right at cast strength, will do it. But not every whiskey is going to be right at cast strength. I know a lot of people love cast strength whiskey, but you know, trust me, when we've drawn samples in the still house. Not every whiskey is right at cast strength. You know, it's it's all about making the liquid sing. And sometimes it's at a higher strength, and sometimes it's at a lower strength. And it'll it'll just have you know it'll just depend on what the whiskey actually is. And that and even down to the individual cast. Yeah. Yeah, there's Shane says you'd be a good poker player. Keeps his card. <laughs> <puts> his <ears. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh. No. I, you're going to be bringing out the stuff at uh, your sampling coming out Belfast Whiskey Week. So anybody, anybody who's interested, get onto the, the the Belfast Whiskey Week and get the box because you're going to be getting something probably a little bit special uh, that, that 
it's never been seen before correct yes um no one outside of i think of half a dozen people have tried our mature spirit so yeah so belfast whiskey week is going to be a little bit of a i'm loath to say watershed but it's going to be the first probably real sneak peek of what we've been doing here at the demo yeah and there's loads of loads of stuff happening belfast whiskey week we've been talking to, to, to paul numerous times we were up with him last week uh had him on the show and he's what he's pulled off remarkable isn't it like it's belfast whiskey week is phenomenal and you know it's just to actually think even just to have the idea to take a concept and in the third year to build them out to what over almost over is it at 100 or over 100 tastes it's just yeah. phenomenal but also to build that whole online that whole community aspect of of the festival i just think it's phenomenal so you know it's it's often the question and um paul as paul and i were discussing last week you know it's proper adult entertainment you know <laughs> um in northern Ireland, you know it's something yeah. that you know that that's not just going to the pub and having a few drinks you know that whole festival aspect is, is going to be really really good so uh, i think it's going to be phenomenal well i i think year one setting up same as everything else, you know, it takes takes a day or two to get the the legs of anything, uh, you know, find your feet. So year one, fair enough, and then it just got hit by COVID, and it actually, in some ways, because because of how it how it panned out, they were they managed to flip it totally from being live, everybody heading apart, to turning it into this phenomenon, really, and and turning it into what it, what it is going to be this year. And I think what he's done is absolutely remarkable. Not just him, there's lots of other people I know, but what, what he's done has been phenomenal and remarkable. I think there's, you know, what's been really interesting is, um, and I look how we launched is when we all came out of the recession at the start of the 2010-2011, is there's a whole community aspect about what we see Northern Ireland's put its food in the market and our food in the world and face in the world in the right place. Yeah. And we, you know, you strip back and it doesn't matter if it's food or drink or whatever. People here are so proud of where we come from and what we do. And I think that community aspect is, is just so important for everything going forward and really showcasing actually as a region what we do. And I think Belfast Whiskey Week is just the perfect window for that for that particular segment of what we do, which is which is Irish whiskey and that's just phenomenal. I know there's other brands and other countries of whiskey down there, but just that whole concept of the festival, I just think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I absolutely couldn't agree more. I think what you guys have been doing on the quiet, and still on the quiet, even though we've brought you on the show, you're still on the quiet. Uh, what you've been doing and what you're going to be bringing out it brings a totally new thing to the table of, of Irish whiskey, world whiskey, whatever way you want to put it. Um, and I, I, I thank you very much for coming on the show. You, it's always a pleasure talking to you, David. It always is. Um, well, the, 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 thank really you for the opportunity, Marty and Justin. You know, and like you know, we just want to do. We've done what we we're doing what we want to do because it's what we believe in. And yeah. um, we look forward to sharing that with everyone. Now, I know I've been a little bit cryptic, and I know that sometimes frustrating for everyone. But hopefully, the way the you know the um you know the juice will be worth the squeeze. So yeah, as the song goes, so um, we look forward to sharing that with everyone. Listen, um. Thanks for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, as I say. And I'm really looking forward to September, October time to to well, I'll probably I'll get a taste of it over Belfast Whiskey Week. But I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the full product 
finally coming onto the shelf because I know I, I've been questioning you about this now for years, but uh, sure. <laughs> Well, that's really bad. Still haven't got you in the door yet. <laughs> Still haven't got me sorted yet. Still haven't got me sorted. But I will. Uh, I'll be there. So I'll get it sometime. No, don't I'll... worry. Whenever, whenever we talk, there'll be a, there'll be a lot more talk. Whenever Dan comes, there'll be there'll be a lot more talking. So, so um, thank you, Dave. Thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure as always. And uh, I, I, I was going to I was going to wish you all the success in the world, but I, you don't you don't need my help for that because all the hard work's already been right. done, mate. No, right. if, if everyone, if we wouldn't have got, and this is genuine from Fiona, is if it hadn't been the support of people locally, it would have been a lot more difficult. And people shouldn't underestimate the importance of, of supporting local and that the impact that has. Uh, so that, you know, all I can say is, you know, thanks to everyone that supported us up tonight. And um, I'm saying we look forward to sharing what we've been doing. Look forward to seeing everyone back to the silly for tours, and cocktails, tastings. Getting back to normal and um, it's Saturday night, so launch again. Let's launch event. Thank you and uh, all the best. I'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Ronnie. Cheers, Justin.